For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Gentlemen, welcome to a brand new, very special edition of Over the Line. That is right. What a day it has been. Really, for me, an emotional roller coaster. That's correct. I know you think, well, Andrew, you're, you're not an emotional guy. Well, you don't know me very well then, do you? I have had an emotional day. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm going to tell you all about it. So a lot of things, a lot of things to get to. Wow, where to even start? Uh, It must be stated the most breaking news that uh, if you're watching this soon after it's posted, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, has been announced. She has uh, passed away A, a, a moment that a lot of us have have kind of expected to happen at any given time as she was very sick uh, up in age but she seemed like she was uh gonna live for a long long time because every time we thought she'd kick the bucket she was she was right back in it and uh finally she uh, succumbed to the effects of uh, uh, pancreatic cancer she suffered from pancreatic cancer, and now she has uh, she has gone on. So we're going to talk a lot about that in the uh, in the in, in in the coming moments of the show, because um, there's a lot to to unpack there when it comes to the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on several several fronts, not just politically, not just because of humanity, the humanity of it all, but uh, lots of things. Uh, but let me go to this first, and, and it's no surprise, it's no coincidence that Andrew McLean, host of Over the Line, was suspended from social media the day Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies. Now, to Mark Zuckerberg, you, sir, do not know who you're dealing with. I did not plan on saying anything inappropriate or disrespectful. Okay, that's number one. Number two, you and your fact checkers and your review board have gone after a post that is months old, even posts that are years old, that have been on your platform with no problem whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, I'm not stupid. I know where this stuff comes from. The mask breathers, the COVID Nazis and the anti-Trumpers that just can't stand Andrew McClain putting his opinion on social media. So what they do is they go to the over the line uh, uh, Facebook page 
and they start scrolling through all the amazing memes and posts that we put there on a regular basis, and they start reporting. I can almost tell you names of who is likely responsible for this. But I, Andrew McLean, am abolished from Facebook for the next three days because of this. What has happened, and I didn't even know this was a thing in, in, in Facebook, communist, Facebook, China, Nazi, Germany. But because of something that was posted on Over the Line, they have not only suspended the Over the Line Facebook page, but they have suspended my personal Facebook page, and nothing was even posted on my personal Facebook page. But again, it was no coincidence that just a day or two earlier, I posted a screenshot of one of my tweets that ironically said, Donald Trump's supporters are the most suppressed class of people in America in 2020. I was laughed at, I was mocked, I was ridiculed. <laughs> you're ridiculous, man. I used to respect your opinion. Now you're just a buffoon. 24 hours later, guess what? I'm suspended from Facebook. I know. Shocking. So I'll say it again. Trump supporters are the most suppressed class of people in the United States in 2020. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. You can't. I'll let you try, but you're not going to be able to do it. So I wouldn't waste your time. Not that your time's valuable, but... You do yourself a favor and find something else to do with your day. So that's where we're currently at. We will obviously, hopefully, a lot of you guys have subscribed to the to the, the YouTube channel. So you will know, you'll get notified that this video is up. But until I get unbanned or unsuspended or whatever we call it, I'll have to use my girlfriend's Facebook page. And that's, that's where we're going to be posting the content. Now, don't forget, we, we're on Twitter as well. Twitter has not suspended us, and I'm surprised. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, my personal Instagram, and then our parlor is still up. Um, Instagram has gone and pulled up tweets from two and three years ago and started fact-checking them and deleting those posts. Um, and their fact-checking is always from some bull-squeeze liberal website. So they're going after me. For what whatever I did, for some reason, they're deciding to go after me. And chances are, it's COVID Nazis that are coming after my post. They're combing through my shiz, and they're trying to find whatever they can to report back to the almighty lords of big tech. And this is something that I've talked about, that I really have been fortunate enough to not be directly affected by this stuff for a long time. But now I am as we are creating enemies in the day of the scandemic and the day of uh, uh, an election coming up and, and the day of, of a, a time when truth is no longer accepted. Honesty is offensive. Truth is wrong. Up is down. Left is right. Right is wrong in 2020. That's where we are. And it's only going to get worse. But bright days are ahead, my friend. Bright days are ahead. Stay strong because coming up in November, we're going to have the biggest celebration you've ever seen in your life. I had several phone calls this afternoon, as I was on my way home, of people wanting to know what what's coming up next what happens next with the supreme court with the passing of ruth bader ginsburg and uh really people reaching out to me and telling me straight up they're nervous about the upcoming election they're not nervous because they don't think donald trump has got enough support they're nervous about what stunts are going to be pulled to stop a second term whether it's michigan mailing out ballots to everybody on the voter rolls whether it's a, a large amount of absentee ballots coming in the age of COVID or, or what, whatever, whatever trick, whatever rabbit the Democrats are trying to pull out of their hat. And I simply tell them, do not fret, my friend. Do not worry. 
Because this election, this election in two months is not Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. It's not Republican versus Democrat. It's not conservative versus liberal. This election in November is good versus evil. And as a believer myself, I know how this ends. Good always wins. Always. And that's going to happen this time. Rest assured. Now, this is not to say you need to relax. You don't even have to worry about going to vote because Trump's got it in the bag. No, no. You could completely ruin my prediction if you do that. But instead, look at it this way. Go cast your vote, a vote that you're going to be telling your kids and your grandkids about. Cast your vote that you're going to be able to talk about in the years and the decades to come where you're telling your grandkids and your great-grandkids this was the time I did my small part to save our country. I did my small part with millions of other Americans to save this democracy. To keep this country from turning into a communist, socialist asshole. It's going to be something that you will be proud to tell people about. It's something you want to be a part of. That's what I told the people that called me. I also told them they should be paying good money to be hearing what I'm going to be talking about on the podcast before I even do it. Because I feel like that is very valuable. Nonetheless, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, I'm watching... mm, I'm watching... um, Twitter, social media, and seeing the reaction. Now, it's... <laughs> it, it's it's predictable but funny nonetheless because here's what's happened here here's what happens every time and, and I'll even give you an example of what this would look like if it weren't Ruth Bader Ginsburg and it were somebody else when a prominent liberal democrat passes away even one as important as Ruth Bader Ginsburg when that happens All sides are expected to remain civilized, to be respectful, to send up prayers for the family. Honor the dead, no matter how much you disagreed with them. And for the most part, that's what I'm seeing in the wake of this announcement that our RBG has kicked the bucket. Mostly respectful across the board. And, and really the way to gauge it is see how the media acts, the left and the right. The people with the loudest voice, the people with the big Twitter followers, not, not your your crazy uncle on Facebook that's got tw- you know, uh, four hundred thirty-two friends. No, I'm talking about people that other people are actually hearing. That's the people who count in this situation. Most people are being respectful, but had this been Clarence Thomas that passed away you would be in the planning stages of a Macy's Thanksgiving-style parade in the streets of Washington, D.C. as the liberals celebrate the death of one of the most prominent conservative judges of all time. You don't believe me? Just look back at the conservatives that have recently died. What's the most recent one? Um, Herman Cain. I can give you 10 tweets right now. I, I, I really can't because I didn't prepare for that. But if you need me to, if you don't believe me, reach out to me. I'll send you 10 tweets within five minutes from the day Herman Cain died from prominent Democrats, prominent liberals that said absolutely disgusting things about this man. Disgusting things. I'm not seeing those about RBG. 
I'm seeing people saying, at the very least, pray for the family, but get ready because politics and the lead up to this election is about to get really, really nasty. And that's an accurate statement, 100%. I'll read you a couple tweets from prominent conservatives and and even people I consider a close friend. For instance, Scott Dawson. You know Scott Dawson, Scott Dawson Evangelistic Association. He uh, he ran for governor of Alabama. Uh, Most recently, good all-around guy. God-fearing, good guy. Man's man. Here's what he tweeted just an hour ago. When I heard about the passing of Justice Ginsburg... My heart aches. He said, politics and judicial branches are very, very important. But I pray she came to know Christ in her last days. Please be respectful of her death. Pray for her family. We didn't, we didn't agree on much, but she is a soul. That from Scott Dawson. Okay. Now you would spe- expect that from somebody like Scott Dawson, a man of God. Um, but that's across the board. Candace Owens, for instance, she made the announcement. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. Pray for the Ginsburg family, but also pray for America. If you thought you saw the face of true evil with with the Democrats' treatment of Brett Kavanaugh, you ain't seen nothing yet. 100% true. And there's my tweet. I said, uh, it's about to get real. Hashtag go time. But listen, I wasn't disrespectful. It was just, I was just kind of reiterating what, what uh, Candace Owens said there. It's about to get nasty. Really, really nasty. Uh, there was another one, Ryan O'Hanley, Rogan O'Hanley. I'm not sure who this guy is, but he's pretty popular on Twitter. So I follow him. He says, want to know a huge difference between Dems and Republicans? We respect their dead while they gleefully trash ours. That is a 100% accurate statement. Again, I'll prove you that that is true if you want to disagree. I will take time out of my day to show you the proof of that. One thing I found odd, though, is it wasn't the conservatives that are politicizing the death of RGB, RBG, whatever, It was more of the Democrats than anything. I saw this tweet from Chuck Schumer. He said, The American people should have a voice in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. And I thought, wow, we're already talking about that. And she's, you know, the body's not even cold. But I'm thinking, surely, surely, Chuck Schumer posted something like prayers for the family or something about Ruth Bader Ginsburg before going straight to politics. And so I went to his page and I looked and I looked and I kept looking. And oh, oh no, no. The first thing he posted when he found out about the death was that tweet. It was then another complete hour later he posted... Tonight, we mourn the passing of a giant in American history, a champion for justice, a trailblazer for women. She would want us all to fight as hard as we can to preserve her legacy. Took him an hour to post that, Chuck Schumer, after he wanted to make sure everybody knew that we're not allowing a Supreme Court justice to be nominated until after the election. Now, if you ask me, it's not really going to matter, Cole. You can, you can uh, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. But there's not going to be a Supreme Court justice before the election. We, we know that. That's no surprise. You think about Merrick Garland, the first, uh, well, the last opportunity Obama had to appoint a Supreme Court justice, Republicans said, no, no, no. The fair thing to do is to let the American people decide who they want 
picking their Supreme Court justice, a.k.a. let's see who America votes for in 2016. That turned out to bite them in the rear end. Well, I don't guess it did. I mean, Republicans were the one making sure the Democrats couldn't do it, which is fine in my book. I was 100% behind that. I think it's completely feasible to say at the end of an eight-year term for a president, give it a few months and let the American people decide who they want to pick the next Supreme Court justice. And that happened to be Donald Trump. So far, he's gotten to pick two. Now, the winner of this coming up election in November will get to pick Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement. Conservatives will hold a solid majority on the Supreme Court if Donald Trump gets reelected and picks a conservative. That is the worst nightmare for Democrats. Worst case scenario because they know and, and I, I, I don't know how, how more clear I can be on this point. And I've, I've said it a hundred times on the radio and even on this podcast. The Supreme Court is extremely important to all Americans that keep up with politics. It's extremely important to conservatives. But it is more important than anything else to the left to the liberals, and to the extremists. And let me explain why. When it comes to left, extreme left policies that all Democrats, I don't care how moderate they say they are, are supporting. We're seeing that. We've watched it move in a direction that would have been unthinkable 10, 20 years ago. Defunding the police. Abortion after birth. You know, crazy, crazy stuff. They will never convince the American people to go along with those type of policies. Never. You will never be able to get the American people to sign off on that. You'll never even get the American people to elect enough representatives in Congress that are that extreme that will pass laws or make changes to our country such as those. The only way to have those implemented is to litigate them in the Supreme Court and have the Supreme Court make the final decision. Because that's that's the end-all be-all, the Supreme Court. And the people that are on the Supreme Court, the judges, the justices that are on the court, when they get on the court, they're there for as long as they want to be. They are there until one of two things happens. They retire or they die. It is a lifetime appointment. And so the way the left will get these extremist policies through is to put extremists on the bench at the Supreme Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was an extremist. There's no doubt about it. She was one of the most policy-wise and um, uh, judge-wise, she was the most extreme and a threat to our democracy at almost every turn. But she was a dream come true for the left. She was their stable vote that was always going to side with them, no matter what. They loved Ginsburg. But they knew she was on her way out the door. They knew she wasn't going to last much longer. And so tonight, as it finally happened, the moment that so many of us have been sitting on the edge of our seat waiting for and i don't mean that and we're we're waiting for it in a good way because again she is a human soul that we hope as scott dawson said came to know jesus christ as her savior and maybe she did well before this that would be fantastic but this has put them in complete freak out mode they care nothing 
about the death of a human being. They care nothing about the Ginsburg family. Just as Chuck Schumer showed you on his Twitter timeline, they only care about the politics of this. And I saw that in the reactions on Twitter from those most prominent on the left. One of the first tweets I saw was from Michael Moore, you know, the director, Michael Moore. Fahrenheit 9-11, Flint, Michigan's own. And he just put in capital letters, no, N-O-O-O-O-O-O-O, like 20 O's with a bunch of exclamation marks. Michael Moore wasn't doing that because he was crushed that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has gone on to the next life. He was doing that for political reasons, just like everybody on the left. So as you see people on social media preaching, hey, why are you being so nasty? Why are you being, why are you politicizing the death of a human being? Just know that it is the left, it is her people that are politicizing this and taking the factor of humanity out of it. And that's what they do. That is what they do. But the after effects of this. Again, I go back to the point of don't expect a Supreme Court justice to be put on the bench before the election. It's not going to happen. Will we see the Trump administration move forward and nominate someone to try to get the process rolling? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's good I think it's aggressive in a good way. And I, I think it's maybe it's maybe it's even a smart move. Maybe throw somebody out there that you don't really you're not really gonna pick, let them tear this person apart and hurt themselves in the process. Because here's one of the big things. We all remember the Kavanaugh nomination process. Remember that? The Kavanaugh hearings. That was some of the most intense radio over the course of 20, 30 days, however long it took, that I've done. The top three emotionally draining moments in my radio career were that, the Kavanaugh hearings, the Roy Moore-Doug Jones election here in Alabama, and the Las Vegas shooting. The, the Las Vegas Country Music Festival shooting. Those are the top three most emotionally draining moments in my radio career. And all three of them lasted uh, over the course of, of days and even weeks. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a cynical guy. I don't let this stuff get to me very often. That, that stuff got to me. <laughs> Especially the Las Vegas shooting. I mean, there was a point where I just, once the reality of it, sat in I just sat on my couch and, and cried and I'm like man this is just it, it's it was just hard to believe that kind of evil was out there but nonetheless the Kavanaugh hearings were nasty they were destructive for this country destructive for our democracy and they allowed the left to show their true colors that turned out to be detrimental to the left that entire process and so, even though you'll never get a nominee past the House of Representatives while Democrats hold the power, it is an opportunity to let the left shoot themselves in the foot with whatever tactic they've got going against this next nominee. Because it'll be something Kavanaugh-esque, but it'll be times 10. This is all-out war at this point. W-A-R. This is is war and the left has declared it so you got to be ready you, you've got to be mentally and emotionally ready for what you are about to see over the next i guess it's just a month and a half we're talking six weeks dude six five six seven weeks whatever it is it is going to be something like you have never seen and just as kind of a reminder to kind of get us back to a, uh, a space where we really comprehend what happened 
with the Kavanaugh hearings, I, I pulled up a, a video that's got, uh, I think the Wall Street Journal put this together, but it shows some of the key moments, they call it, during the Kavanaugh hearing. Now, this is only five minutes long, and I'm just going to let it play through. But this is a very small portion of what happened over that course of time. Nothing, there's no, you, you, you would have to take, you would have to have a four, five, six hour video just to put the real highlights of, of that hearing. It was, it was amazing. It was fascinating. It was disgusting. It was captivating. It was all the things, all the things, all the emotions balled up into one right there in that Kavanaugh hearing. But here's the one put together by the Wall Street Journal. I want to uh, show you guys this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If not, if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever, you will uh, you'll certainly be able to hear this. Check this I out. I don't have all the answers, and I don't remember as much as I would like to. But the details that about that night that bring me here today are the ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. I was pushed onto the bed and Brett got on top of me. He began running his hands over my body and grinding into me. I yelled, hoping that someone downstairs might hear me. And I tried to get away from him, but his weight was heavy. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe, and I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Both Brett and Mark were drunkenly laughing during the attack. I categorically and unequivocally de deny the allegation against me by Dr. Ford. I never had any sexual or physical encounter of any kind with Dr. Ford. Listen to the people I know. Listen to the people who have known me my whole life. Listen to the people I've grown up with and worked with and played with and coached with and dated and taught and gone to games with, and had beers with. This has destroyed my family and my good name. A good name built up through decades of very hard work and public service at the highest levels of the American government. This whole two-week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit, fueled with apparent pent-up anger about President Trump and the 2016 election, fear that has been unfairly stoked about my judicial record, revenge on behalf of the Clintons, and millions of dollars in money from outside left-wing opposition groups. This is a circus. And let's go back to the incident. What is the strongest memory you have? indelible in the hippocampus is the laughter the la the uproarious laughter between the two and they're having fun at my expense i'm not questioning that dr ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time but i have never done this to her or to anyone. How did you know Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge? And is it possible that you would mix them up with somebody else? No, it is not. If you're very confident of your position and you appear to be, why aren't you also asking the FBI to investigate these claims? Senator, I'll do whatever the committee wants. I wanted a hearing the day after the allegation came up. I wanted to be here that day. Instead, 10 days passed where all this nonsense is coming out. The notes from your therapy sessions were created long before this nomination 
and corroborate what you have said today. You have passed a polygraph. Polygraph and now this one's important. Okay, this is uh, for those of you listening and you can't see this. This is Kamala Harris speaking. This is who would be president if Joe Biden wins the election. Joe Biden's not going to be a president whether he becomes mentally incapacitated or he kicks the bucket too, whatever. She's going to be president. She as well as a lot of other left-wing extremists. Now, remember, with Brett Kavanaugh, the bogus claims that these guys put forward and listen to Kamala Harris's demeanor in going after this innocent man. Submitted the results to this committee. Judge Kavanaugh has not. You have called for outside witnesses to testify and for expert witnesses to testify. Judge Kavanaugh has not. But most importantly, you have called for an independent FBI investigation into the facts. Judge Kavanaugh has not. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. So there you go. That is, um, that is really a very small portion of what we dealt with in uh, the Kavanaugh hearings. Now, Lindsey Graham, with him speaking there, he had probably the best moment of his political career. By far. And, I, and possibly the best moment I've seen in any hearing, any time. And I, I would actually, let me see if I can find that. I'd like to play that for you. I think it's about four minutes long. And don't get me wrong, I don't like getting on here and playing audio or video of, of something else for the entire podcast. But this is important. Because what I'm trying to do here is prepare you guys for what is in store. Okay? Now, if Donald Trump who has not said anything about nominating a replacement. This is sources that the media are reporting tonight that say he plans on doing it in the coming days. Donald Trump wouldn't come out and say something like that on the day she died. He's got more compassion and sympathy than that, but the media won't let you know that. They, they want you to think that he has tweeted this out himself, that he is going to... Uh, replace somebody right now. Re replace her with somebody at this very moment. But again, it's just another instance of the left politicizing the death of their own person, of, of their own ally on the Supreme Court. Because again, they're not worried about Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away. They are worried about the replacement. Full stop. That's it. I showed you an example with Chuck Schumer, and I could show you a hundred other examples that have just been posted over the past two hours. It's all they care about. Humanity be damned. This is all about politics and power and greed and controlling you. And soon to be, if Joe Biden wins the election, punishing you The subordinate, the Trump supporter, the guy or the girl that didn't do what they were told. Now, here is Lindsey Graham's finest moment of his political career during the Kavanaugh hearing. And it really sums up, I think, everybody that was on the side of wanting Kavanaugh to get this position. It really sums up everything that we were thinking at that time in a very dark time, sad time, a disgusting time for our country. Check this out. Senator Graham, are you aware that at 923 
On the night of July the 9th, the day you were nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump, Senator Schumer said, 23 minutes after your nomination, I will oppose Judge Kavanaugh's nomination with everything I have. I have a bipartisan, and I hope a bipartisan majority will do the same. Now, 23 minutes after the announcement. So Chuck Schumer is no no stranger to politicizing anything and everything. Just keep that in mind. The stakes are simply too high for anything less. Well, if you weren't aware of it, you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. That you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job. You consider that you've been through a job interview. I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Which Would you has, say you've been through hell? I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden, you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person, the ABA. And one thing I can tell you, you should be proud of, Ashley, you should be proud of this, that you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well. And I intend to vote for you. And I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. And there's Lindsey Graham from the Kavanaugh hearings. Now, you remember, and we all remember, how heated, how passionate that hearing was. What I want you to do is take that, take your memory of that, and multiply it times 20. 20 times.
times. 20 times in, uh, 20 times more intent than the Kavanaugh hearings. That's what you're about to hear. Because remember, this is this is nowhere near the election when when this hearing took place. They were stuck. They knew they were stuck. But they still insisted on slandering this man and tagging him with a scarlet letter. To this day, their brain-dead followers still call Brett Kavanaugh a rapist. When all of the people that currently call Brett Kavanaugh a racist, you take all of their integrity, every one of them, combined it up, and they don't equal a fraction of the integrity Brett Kavanaugh has. It was disgusting. But when we go back and we look at that, you ain't seen nothing. You have not seen anything. So take that, multiply it times 20, sprinkle in some communist Gestapo social media censorship and imagine, try to imagine in your mind what the next couple months and even after is going to look like. It's going to be frightening. It is. I can't sugarcoat that. Where I am confident that Trump is currently living in re-election city, I fear for what the Democrats are willing to do to our country to keep constitutionalists from getting on the Supreme Court. To keep people from, from, from being on the Supreme Court, people that think People that believe the Constitution is a document that doesn't change. It's not a living document. It doesn't change or morph over time. Democrats believe that. They believe in upending the Constitution. Why do you think they want our founding fathers to be labeled as racist? They want to be able to wipe those guys from the history books along with that document that they put together to form the greatest country this planet has ever known. Again, I'm optimistic. I'm an optimistic guy when it comes to this this election. But I am not so optimistic in how this replacement will turn out. The fact that the left can't even show an ounce of humanity in the wake of her death, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and have gone straight to politics already tell you their mindset in this. The next question you have to ask yourself is, who in God's name would want to even accept a nomination from Donald Trump. But I will tell you this. Whoever accepts a nomination from Donald J. Trump loves this country beyond comprehension. Whoever accepts the nomination knowing that they're going to go through a process that was much worse than what Brett Kavanaugh saw they love this country and it can never be questioned. I'm saying that not even having a clue as to who it would be. Maybe it's somebody we already know, a household name like Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton or, hey, how about this, Trey Gowdy. Or maybe it's a federal judge it's quietly done his job behind the scenes and doesn't get talked about much. When that name comes up and you've never heard it, I am assuring you right now, on September 18th, 2020, 
that man or that woman loves this country with their entire heart. So buckle up. Get ready, kids. All you cool cats and kittens. Because it's gonna get crazy. Now even, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I thought Ruth Bader Ginsburg was going to wait until after the election before, honestly, I'm gonna be real, I, I didn't think she was gonna pass away. I, th- I thought she was gonna live for. I honestly thought that she was going to retire before she died. And I didn't think it was gonna happen before the election, but here it is. And, um, everybody already knows where they're going to be at, where this is going to end up. So again, buckle up, kiddos, because it's going to get wild. Make sure you're following us on the social media platforms. I know we are currently suspended on Facebook, but you should, I assume, you still have the ability to go to uh, Over the Line on Facebook. should be facebook.com slash Over the Line. And give us a like. If not, give it till Monday or Tuesday. And then give us a like. (laughs) That's all I know to tell you. But we'll be reminding you on future episodes. You also have here on YouTube, if you have not subscribed, one, you should be ashamed of yourself. But two, you can redeem yourself by subscribing. There's a little over-the-line logo here in the corner of the video. You can put your mouse on that and subscribe, or you can just go up to the subscribe button at the bottom of this video and click that as well. Make sure you hit the notification bell so whenever I'm banned from Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you get notified when we put new videos up. At Adrian McLean Who on Twitter and Parlor. That's where you can find me until my stint in Facebook jail is over. Show some love. Show some support. I love each and every one of you guys, except for you mask-breathing COVID Nazis that are trying to get me silenced. I don't love y'all. I love y'all in Jesus, but I don't love y'all in real life because y'all suck. (laughs) Keep an eye out for our next episode. We'll be posting it very soon. And until then, see you, Cole.